Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the All of You Whole podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. I help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Today, we are going to be talking about how I got to this mission, why I created this podcast, and the journey that we'll all be on together. I'm going to share some of the ways that we have come to intentional living living in different areas of our lives. And books have always really inspired me. I'm a voracious reader. And so throughout this episode, I'll be sharing some of the books that really shaped my aspiration for intentionalism in my life. I hope it's clear from this episode that I am in no way a guru, but I am just a lifelong learner and I hope that you are too. I have always been a sharer. On the DISC assessment, I'm an ID, which is ironically called the influencer. And even before I had a blog, I was always, always finding something that worked for me and sharing it with other people. So whether that was oh my gosh, I found this cloth diaper brand that works really well. Let me tell you all about it. You should start cloth diapering, you know, or it was something that I was eating that made me feel really great. Whatever it was, I've always, always been a sharer even before I could monetize that. And clearly I'm super passionate about food. I was a vegetarian my entire third grade year because my best friend Erica and her family were vegetarians. Erica lived right up the hill from me. I would go to her house 24-7. And so to me, it was kind of like they're vegetarian. I'm here all the time. I might as well be too. I didn't have a ton of thought process that went into it because I was, you know, eight Ella's age, which is crazy. But I was a vegetarian in third grade, and it also kind of concerns me because I probably wasn't eating the things that I needed to eat and really getting plant-based proteins and things like that. But, you know, that was something that started even really early in my life. And then, as you've heard a little bit, I shared in episode one that the book Eating Animals by Jonathan Saffron Foer heavily influenced me to become vegetarian in college. I read that book when I was studying abroad in Italy, and we were vegan because of our genetics. So, you know, Chaz was cooking a ton of meat at a Young Life camp. I'm over here sitting at the vegetarian table in Italy and reading this book. So we became vegetarian because of, you know, genetics. And I say that meaning, you know, we all have disease in our family tree. We just all do. We all have conditions. We all have genetic things that are not super ideal, whether that's obesity, 
obesity or heart disease or, you know, thyroid disorders or whatever it is. And so we became vegetarian in college just thinking like, hey, this is kind of a way to biohack our genetics is eating healthier. How can we be our healthiest selves? So during that phase, Chaz and I also watched basically every single documentary available at the time on being vegetarian. And I really think that that phase of becoming more aware of factory farming, becoming more aware of what is in our food, really also just stirred in us this passion for the environment. And so that's when we realized like, okay, we've got to do something here. And individual action probably is not enough to turn the entire environment around, but it's definitely a huge part of it. And it's something that we can do. So from there, we read It Starts With Food and did a Whole30. So It Starts With Food is by Melissa and Dallas Hartwig, and they wrote this book all about the nutrition science. And so we read that book and we went straight from being vegan to going to like a paleo-based Whole30 diet, and we did it for 30 days, which was absolutely crazy. I had gotten to a point where I didn't even like meat, and so... It was really intense, but we felt better than ever. And so that book is what really, really got us to become more intentional about what we were eating. And that's what switched us to this paleo hunter-gatherer type eating style that we still eat mostly that way. And we really feel our best. And so that book is really what started it all. It started my blog. And so that's really why you're listening to this podcast today. So more than anything, when it comes to minimalism, Chaz greatly influenced our minimalism that we strive for as a family. So when I met Chaz, he was eating like a box of pasta that he put black beans in and... That was like his lunch, his dinner. His mom would watch him. She would put, let's say, like $300 into his bank account for the month. And she would watch him move over into his savings account, $250, okay? So it's funny because a lot of people are minimalistic, like just to be minimalistic because it's a thing to be. I feel like Chaz's minimalism comes about because he's just so financially frugal and so financially aware his minimalism is like, let's not buy things because things cost money, right? It does have to do with like, I feel like if we have less things, it's less to maintain, less to take care of. But at the same time, it's also, if we don't buy things, we don't spend money. So in addition to learning from Chaz about minimalism, I also read the book Seven by Jen Hatmaker. It has since been republished since when I originally read it, but I freaking love Jen Hatmaker. She is so amazing. This book, Seven, I want to say was originally published in like 2012. So I read it kind of soon after we had gotten married. And Jen goes through seven different months doing seven different challenges just with herself. And some of them were, I'm just going to eat seven foods. That's it, right? I'm going to give away one thing a day. And so 
a lot of it had to do with simplicity and it kind of blew my mind and made me start thinking, what are the things in my life I don't need, right? How could I simplify my life and how would that bring me more joy? So I would say that book was really influential in our journey towards minimalism. And then later I read the book that you might have read too, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. Marie has a show on Netflix if you're not a huge reader and you'd rather watch a show. It's such a fun, just organizational, tidying type book, but she talks a lot about simplicity. She does something on the show and in the book where you find something that you have, let's take my water bottle here, and you hug it and you think, does this spark joy? And if it doesn't, then you give it away or you, you know, you find another use for it. And so to me, we have really started transitioning our mindset from do I like from using the word need inappropriately, like I need this new pair of jeans. No, you know, I have three pairs of jeans. I don't need this pair of jeans. I want this pair of jeans. And so we really have adopted kind of a more minimalistic mindset when it comes to the things that we purchase. And then when it comes to clothes, I read the book Lessons from Madame Chic that my friend Lisa Inzer of Lizzie Loves Health on Instagram suggested to me, I want to say six, seven years ago. And Jennifer the author of this book, studied abroad in France and talks about all the things that she learned from the French. If you've never been to France, I freaking love Paris. I love France. I love the culture in France and the mindsets that they have. And they, a lot of French people have a capsule wardrobe. You will even notice this when you watch people on the news in France. And my mom was sharing this with me. She was watching the news during the COVID pandemic. And she's like, this one French woman is so beautiful. And she has worn the same beautiful blue winter coat every single time she's on the news. And she noticed that because I had shared with her the findings that I had learned from Lessons from Madame Chic. And she noticed like that's her signature look and she just goes for it. And so I pretty much have a capsule wardrobe. I do not own a lot of things that you will see me in my stories and on Instagram and all over just kind of wearing the same things. I have certain things that I love and I wear over and over. And the thing about that is I think that I feel more confident when I'm wearing something that I absolutely love. It also helps me be a more intentional and more conscious consumer because I can buy less things and I can spend more money on them because unfortunately, if we're going to be buying things that are made ethically, that are sourced with materials that are responsible for this earth, then they're going to be more expensive. So instead of buying 10 tops from Old Navy for $2 each, and who knows how they were made or where they came from, I can save that $100 and buy one top that I know the company, I trust the company, and I believe in. So I love the concept of the capsule wardrobe for a bunch of different reasons. It's crazy that this summer, Chaz and I will have been married for 10 years and together for 12. So the way that we have become intentional in our relationship, a bunch of it is time together, right? But then also I've read a few books that really impacted my mindset and my view of marriage. I love the Boundaries series. So I read Boundaries. I think before we were married, I read Boundaries in Marriage while we were married. And those books are by John Townsend and Henry Cloud. 
I also really loved The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman because Chaz and I are pretty much polar opposite in every way. I'm really outgoing. Chaz is introverted. I'm a seven, wing eight on the Enneagram. Chaz is a nine. And everything that we do is pretty much opposite. I'm really like artsy and Chaz had a science major. He's a doctor. So just everything about the way that we function, the way that our brains work, our personalities, everything is just completely opposite. So the Five Love Languages book really helped me understand People don't want to be loved the way that I want to be loved. Something that would just light me up and bring me joy isn't going to bring Chaz joy. And so I think that book probably is what sparked my love of personalities and understanding people who are different than I am so that I can love them better. And because we had a baby so, so young, I was 23 when I had Ella, Chaz was 25, I seriously felt like I had to read every single book on babies that existed. And so some of the things that helped us be better parents, that helped us be intentional about how we were raising Ella were on Becoming Baby Wise. And you guys have probably heard about Baby Wise. The thing that helped me the most about Baby Wise was the fee awake sleep cycle and just getting your baby on that rhythm from the womb. That was so, so helpful and getting Ella to sleep really well. Additionally, I love the Moms on Call book series. There's three books. There are two pediatric nurses from Atlanta, which is where we lived, who wrote those books. And they were so impactful for me, especially the schedules. And especially once we brought a second baby into the mix, having the schedules that are like, this is what one baby's doing while the other baby's doing this, oh my gosh, changed my life because I feel like when I was pregnant with Owen, I kept thinking like, what the heck is the other baby going to be doing while I'm nursing Owen, changing his diaper? And so even looking at the two kids' schedules with a newborn and beyond, when I was pregnant with Owen, just like reassured me, I can have two kids, I can do this. Like, I'm capable, right? I also loved the book Happiest Baby on the Block, and I even read all 304 pages of The Secrets of the Baby Whisperer. So, in terms of like raising kiddos, I really read almost everything that I could because I had a kid so young that my friends hadn't had babies yet, my sister hadn't had a baby yet. I knew nothing, right? And so, all I had to go on was the wisdom that I found in books. So, those were some of the ones that were most helpful for me in terms of like newborn nitty-gritty of newborn life. When Ella was getting older, I read The Child Whisperer based on my friend Jenna Rammel's recommendation. You can find Jenna at Jenna's Kitchen on Instagram. And this book was so impactful for me. So it is all about energy typing. So there are four energies that you could be one, two, three, or four, not to be confused with Enneagram that has nine types. And so Ella is very much a one. I am very much a one. It is, we are bouncy. We are airy. We are free. We are spirited and happy and bubbly. And 
one thing that Ella used to do is she would literally hop down the hallway and she vocalizes what she's doing all the time. So if she's hopping down the hallway, it's hop, 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 hop. Like she even will be like, walk, 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 walk. I mean, when she was tiny, right? So she's just making noises all the time. And always being so repetitive. And when she was little, this is a terrible thing to confess to you, but I would even say to her, I remember specifically, I would say, Ella, when you're doing something over and over again, what is that? And she's like, it's annoying. I'm sorry, mommy, because it was so annoying to me. So annoying. I like could not handle it. Well, I read this book that says, you know, it's called The Child Whisperer. And it's talking about the negative things that parents tend to say to each different type. And with Ella, it was, that's annoying. Stop doing that. You're being annoying. And that is not true. She's not being annoying. That is literally how God made her. God made her to be bad. God made her to be repetitive. God made her to be joyful. And so I seriously, based on what the book says to do, it says that no matter what age your child is, no matter the harm that you have brought to your child, you go to your child, you get on their level, you apologize, and you talk about how you're going to do things differently. So I did that with Ella. I remember I read that book on a road trip for work and I was sobbing just like I Ella's probably two years old at this point I'm sobbing I'm such a terrible mom you know I just really went to that dark place about being a parent and I came back to Ella and I said you know what Ella I have learned something new about being a parent and I've learned something new about you and I want to apologize and mommy's going to pray and work really hard to accept these beautiful things that you do and not tell you anymore that they're annoying and she was like thank Thank you, mommy. And to this day, because my mindset shifted, it's not something she's doing on purpose to make me upset. This is how God created her. It just was like a flip that switched and it really helped my mindset and I was able to love her for who she is. And because of that just drastic realization that I had with that book, it made me want to understand not only Ella, but everyone in my life better so that I could love them better. It kind of made me start questioning what else am I doing to the people that I love in my life that could be harmful that I should not be doing, whether that's something I'm saying, a way that I'm treating them. And so from there, we read The Enneagram, A Christian Perspective by Father Richard Rohr. He's a monk. This is a really intense book. We read it with our small group when we were going to Grace Midtown in Atlanta. That was the first time that I had done anything with the Enneagram. And what's funny is I wanted to read the whole thing. I love personality things. I wanted to read the whole thing. Chaz just wanted to find out what type he was. So he read every single chapter trying to figure out what type he was. And he was a type nine. So he read the whole book. And so I really learned about myself, my motivations, my tendencies, my natural sins, like all the things, right? And I love that book so much. Being empowered with the Enneagram is such a helpful tool. If you've never 
figured out what Enneagram type you are, I actually linked in the show notes a test that you can take. And all of the books that I will reference today are in the show notes as well. Most recently, John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, brought me to a complete stop. So Chaz heard about this book and about John Mark Comer because he listens to this podcast called Dad Tired, and they interviewed him about that book. So Chaz decided that he wanted to read it. So Chaz reads it loves it, feels like it's completely impactful, and he wanted me to read it. Here's the funny part. He comes to me and he's like, okay, babe, I read this book and it's just so fantastic. This guy like goes to speed limit and when he's at the grocery line, like in line at the grocery, he like doesn't pull out his phone. He just stands there and, you know, he's like fully stopping at stop signs and he's just like living the slow life. And I really feel like you could benefit from reading this book. (laughs) And I am like, heck no, I don't want any of those things. I like going five over the speed limit and kind of rolling through stop signs, checking both ways, right? Like I, I enjoy my fast paced life, right? So I tell Chaz, no, I'm like, no, stop like pushing the things that you're like, stop pushing your change onto me. I don't, I don't want that change. That's not my change. That's your change. Well, then a couple weeks later, he comes back to me and he's like, you know, Caroline, I really feel like I was trying to lead you spiritually and lead our family spiritually by suggesting that you read this book. And instead of like accepting that and doing it with me, you actually said no and you turned me down and all these things. And I'm like, okay, Chaz, next time, if you have this revelation from God of something that you want me to do, could you please like lead with that? Don't tell me this guy like is so slow and I should do it. Tell me that you really want me (laughs) to do this thing and you feel passionate about it and you are leading our family spiritually because then, of course, I'm going to say yes, right? So I said yes. We actually listened to the book on Audible again together, which was really great. And it just absolutely changed my life. So we've been practicing a Sabbath day since then. And he really talks about spiritual formation. So since then, we've also started his two-year study. I think it's two years called Practicing the Way. And this pastor, John Mark Comer, he was a pastor of a church, Bridgetown Church in Portland. He has since stepped away and he's taking a nine month sabbatical. And then from there, he is going to focus the rest of his life on practicing the way, which is a really a spiritual formation study. And it's going to be curriculum available for churches and people like me and you. And so we have been going through that study. And so far we've done, we've practiced silence and solitude and we've practiced Sabbath. And It's so crazy how much it's changed my life. And I actually feel almost frustrated that I've been a Christian for 32 years. And these are things that I've never even heard about. And they're making such a deep impact on my life. So I will link Practicing the Way in the show notes as well. So those are some of the ways that we have been intentional from a spiritual perspective and kind of where we are now with our faith. Another book we have read recently is called Digital Minimalism, and we're in a day and age where this phone is just attached to us like a third appendage, and we use it all the time, and I really think that a lot of us are addicted. 
I am probably addicted to my phone too. And so reading that book has made me so much more aware of how much time I'm spending on my device and also practicing the Sabbath and being phone free on Sundays has made me realize how much everyone's on their phone all the time and you do not notice when you're doing it too. So if I'm standing in the grocery line and I'm on my phone and everyone else is on their phone, you don't realize that you're all doing it. But when you're going to the grocery on a Sunday during Sabbath, you're not using your phone, you look up and there's no one to say hi to. Everyone's on their phone. I walked into uh, school recently, Ella's school, and I saw these middle school students and every single one of them had a phone and they weren't talking to each other. They were all, you know, just sitting on different rocks and benches and all these things. And they're all just sitting, looking at either their laptops or their phones. There's just such a lack of community. And it made me super sad. It made me, you know, continue to consider how we're going to give our children devices, what we're going to allow them to be on. And then also, how can I model that for myself? How can I be on social media less? How can I schedule my posts so that they automatically go out for my job and I'm not doing it while my family's around because I know that can get really annoying? How can I set aside specific time during my workday while the kids are at school to check Instagram messages and do these things that I need to do on my phone, but without my family around? So those are some of the ways that we have really fostered this intentionalism in our own lives, really that is sparked through continual learning. Like I said at the beginning of this show, I'm not a guru. I'm really just learning alongside you. And the future of this podcast is just continuing to learn new ways that we can be intentional with our lives. We can live lives with purpose and meaning. And I want us to just feel fulfilled with what we're doing with our lives. And I want us to be able to make the most impact with the time that we have here. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the All of You Whole podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And we are a brand new show. We would love it if you would leave a five-star review and share this with three friends. You can go ahead and just text this episode with three friends that you think would benefit from it. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week. Thank you.